What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Masters of the Cultureverse. I am your friendly neighborhood blurred, Caleb Edward Edley, here with my co-host, as always, the invincible Clay Stroman. How's it going, Clay? I don't know, man. I feel kind of bittersweet. We're getting to the end here. We, we are at the end. We're not getting well, to the end. Well, we're not at the end yet. We will be in about 30 to 40 minutes. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, but the good news is, since this is coming out today, which hopefully you're listening on Friday, that means that the first three episodes of season two are also out. Pumped. Pumped. He's he's so excited he only has one word to say, and it is pumped. Yeah, I just can't contain it. I couldn't contain that one word. I can tell. I can tell. You're uh, You're like jumping out of your chair over there. Yep, that's definitely what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Well, as you can tell, we are doing our rewatch of The Boys. We are on episode 8, You Found Me, written by Anne Koffel Saunders and Rebecca Sonenshine and directed by our showrunner, Eric Kripke. And of course, I have my trivia for the title of the episode. You Found Me is the title of issue number 72 of the comics. Here's our summary, Clay. Season finale time. Questions answered, secrets revealed, conflicts conflicted, characters exploded, and so much more. I had to do that because everything had an exclamation an exclamation point, and my dog Brooks thinks something's wrong with me. He just came over and put his head on my arm to say, like, what's going on? What's all this excitement, dude? Are you okay? Yeah, we're okay, buddy. Wow. Um, so yeah, we got a... You got an exciting season finale. And before we get into our synopsis, I have an exciting announcement for you, Clay. Dude, hit me with it. I don't know if I'm ready, but just go. All right. Well, a loyal fan of the podcast who would like me to call him Scott. His real name is Cody. But since I've known him, he started telling people his name is Scott. He goes by his middle name now. I refuse to call him Scott because I knew him as Cody. Anyway, our loyal fan, Scott, has gifted you and I with the first 12 issues of the boys so i will give you the download link um when we're done and he is he's gifted us with that free of charge that's awesome scott you're the man no call him cody cody you are the <laughs> man no i'm gonna call him scott if he wants to be called scott all right i'm gonna cody, call him whatever scott, he wants me to we we thank you over here um thanks for being a loyal listener thanks for the gifts and do you have anything to add before we get into the synopsis clay um, I think honestly, whoever wrote this synopsis, I think they felt the same way that, that I felt or that I'm feeling for season two, mm-hmm. because the way that they wrote it, it just seemed like they were pumped. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Oops. Sorry. There was a lot of characters that exploded too. So I like that that's in there. It's very accurate. <laughs> it is. It is quite accurate. All right. So let's get right into it. In Syria, U.S. troops approach a drug warehouse under cover of darkness when Homelander arrives. Homelander tells the troops to go for a break as he will handle the search. Inside the building, Homelander uses his laser eyes to kill the assailants. He exits the building with a vial of Compound V. And I will say, his lasers were a little bit more precise, if I'm remembering correctly. I watched this last week. They were a little bit more precise at the beginning, no, they weren't. The ending, mm. the last dude he fucks up, he like slices him. But I feel like a couple of them, he was like dead on. A couple, but okay. So he he lasered like 
I don't know, 10, 15 guys in this scene. And most of them were just him starting with his laser, like a few feet to the side of the person and then just looking the other way and just slicing to the side. That's exactly what he did in the cockpit of that plane. That's like his go-to move. I don't, I still don't understand why he doesn't just look, shoot, there, done. It could just be one quick little, exactly. just like straight, just like shooting a bullet at everybody. But no, he'd rather just like slice and dice like he's carrying a laser sword. Maybe, maybe that says something about his um, personality. I, I, I mean, he probably, he doesn't care what he fucks up. If he, if something blows up while he's lasering, if something, if he slices some object in half or some building in half, it doesn't matter to him. He probably wants the, the carnage. Yeah, probably. He's a, he's a piece of shit like that. He is. He is. And he was unleashed in this scene, just doing his thing. And don't forget the, the key line at the beginning that he said to the troops. <laughs> and remember, you're the real heroes. Of course. And they, they're all looking at him like, what the fuck? Okay. And then... He does his thing, but in a meeting with Stillwell, Jim Beaver questions how a Syrian gang have gotten hold of Vought's compound, which she stonewalls. However, Stillwell admits that given the power of the soups, compound V is the only way to beat them. On a call with Rayner, she reveals to Butcher that, C that the CIA has decided to keep the existence of compound V classified to keep Vought happy. Mother's Milk tries to sell the story to a newspaper, but gets turned down. Rayner reveals that the boys are wanted fugitives now. M.M. and Frenchie decide they need to split up and go their separate ways, but Billy has other ideas. Yeah, so uh, we see kind of the um, the pull of Vought here. Like, everything Billy, ha it, was, it was all for naught, essentially. Vought's keeping yep. it undercover, the Compound V. They don't really give a fuck, which... We kind of saw this coming. We knew this was going to happen, right? It was, it's no surprise. Definitely. And um, I've got an idea, but why do you think that whatever reporter uh, MM was on the phone with, why do you think they didn't want to take the story? Um, if I, I mean, obviously, that would be a huge story. Right? It would be. My guess, it's one of two things. Either the reporter knows that the soups are like out of control and he doesn't want to die, or the paper is like owned by Vault. It's one of those type deals. I was thinking both of those things. Yeah. Or like either or or some form of both. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because, um, I mean, that's the only reason you wouldn't want. Doesn't he say, like, don't you want a Pulitzer or something? Or maybe I made that up. No, he does. He does say that. OK. Yeah. 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 So, so, yeah. Because, like, obviously, this is the story of the century. Right. So any reporter should want to just take it, run with it, blow it up. You would think. I don't know. I think. I mean, reporters can be anonymous. Right. So it might be more on the the whole Vought might like own whatever company it is, whatever mm -hmm. newspaper it is. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that might be more realistic. Probably, probably. But at any rate, motherfucker didn't want the story, so... Motherfucker sure didn't. <laughs> Starlight returns home, reminiscing about her father. She questions her mother about her knowledge of Compound V and what it does. Initially, her mother denies knowing about its existence, but eventually reveals that Vought promised that Starlight would have an extraordinary life as a result of the experiments. This angers Starlight, who is upset that she never got to choose who she was. Much to Starlight's dismay, her mother reveals that her father left because he no longer agreed with what they had done. Which, I mean, you gotta think that's kind of good on the father, but still you're like leaving your kid behind, right? Yeah, and he was part of the decision to give her the compound V in the first place. So it's like, buddy, the damage is done. Like you leaving isn't changing anything. You can't change her back. Right, exactly. Or can you? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I like that he kind of had that um, that epiphany, I guess, but I don't think he he uh, went about what to do next in the right way. 
Agreed. The Deep and Jeff drink, and the Deep questions when he ships out. However, Jeff congenially reveals that Vought doesn't want the Deep to leave Sandusky, and that the marketing department has created new promotional material based on him staying there. So, just more shit piled on the Deep's plate, right? The savior of Sandusky. <laughs> <laughs> he's what they. He's not the hero that they needed, but he's the hero that they deserved. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, so he's, I, I want, is he still like marketed as part of the seven, even though he's not in New York anymore? So technically I think the story is that he's on a sabbatical, mm. which means that he, I guess technically he's still part of the seven, like officially, mm -hmm. like they're not looking to replace him at this point or anything like that. So I think so. It's just like, he's kind of gone for now. Gotcha. They might be saying the same thing about Translucent. I forget where we left off with like Vought's story on him. The last thing we, he was on a secret mission was the last uh, word we got on him. Right. And then it just kind of like fell to the wayside because other, other stuff started happening. Right. Billy introduces Huey to Grace Mallory, the founder of the boys. Billy reveals that the boys are back together. However, Grace refuses to help them, but Billy says that she owes him. Frenchie, the female, and Mother's Milk are ambushed in their motel room by commandos. The female initially fights back and tries to escape, but is tranquilized by one of the assailants. They're all loaded into a van. Um, so yeah, these two scenes, they're pretty cut and dry. Um, we see, But we do see the female. She's kind of like getting she's some getting of herself back, right? With the, the combing of the hair and the looking in the mirror. and, and Nail polish. Right. She even tries to speak at one point. She, she does, does like a little... Right. So, so do we, initially I thought she just wasn't talking because maybe she didn't know English or maybe she was like, um, in shock of some sort, but now it, it appears that she can't speak. Right. Well, she was like feral when they found her. Exactly. Right? So maybe, maybe it's something where like she was in such a shitty situation. She just like, like her whole like mind completely switched to like feral mode to like wild mode. Okay. And now she's trying to get back a little bit. Yeah. I'll I did like it. how. Yeah, I liked how she did her nails all pretty, and then whenever they caught her, um, and she like fucked a few guys up, and she crawled under that car. She looked at her her hands, and they were like fucked. They were totally <laughs> dirty and like bloody. Like they looked like they did, you know, before uh, the boys found her. Right. So nice little, yeah, nice little dynamic there. Exactly. Grace refuses to help the boys, revealing that the promise between them ended when the lamplighter incinerated her grandchildren. Grace admits that she regrets training Butcher and aiming him at Homelander, but is begged for help from Billy. Grace agrees to reveal that Homelander and Stillwell have a complicated relationship, and perhaps she may know his weakness. With this, Billy agrees not to return in the future. So, I, I'm curious what put Mallory on the path of the soups. Like, we know what stopped her. Her grandchildren got roasted by Lamplighter, but mm -hmm. why was she after them so hard in the first place? Like, she's like Billy 1.0. He's, he's like the, the continuation of her, right? Right. I think, so I don't, we, obviously we don't know exactly if there was like an event that went down, like something personal with her. Mm -hmm. It could be just, she's really smart and she was in a position of like, like intelligence power to, to kind of like uncover a few things and be like, oh, this shit's actually really fucked up. We need to do something about it. But it has to be like clandestine. Sure. Um, I don't know. There might, I mean, maybe we learn more in season two. Maybe something happened 
to like her husband or something. I hope I hope we learn because it, it does it seems personal, which I know at this point her grandchildren are dead, so it probably is personal. But even when she recruited Butcher, it seemed kind of personal in 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 that time too. It did, it did, but not as personal as it. Like I never got the idea that it was as personal for her back then that like than it is for Billy now. Sure. Or like even Huey. Okay. I don't know. You never know. We'll, I guess we'll maybe we'll find out. Hopefully we find out. Hopefully. I mean, there's a lot we still don't know about, like how all this shit started. Right. Although it's nice to get a lamplighter name drop. Yes. Especially since we know he's he's coming. So it seems like he was probably a shithead too. He burned a couple kids. <laughs> Aren't they all shitheads at this point, except Starlight? Except Starlight, yeah. Um, let's see. Except for you, Noir. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> Leaving the hospital, A-Train goes shopping but is upset looking at Shockwave promotional material. A-Train gets into a heated discussion with the security guard who is watching him. The security guard does not at first believe he is A-Train but is quickly corrected by public onlookers recording the interaction on their phones. So we get like kind of the classic like, black guy getting watched in a in a store by the security guard thinking he's going to sell something and then they find out that he's like affluent or famous or something and then they're like oh shit my bad you know so i mean yeah we've seen that before but then he like freaks out just because he's on the decline he's got this broken leg he's seeing this promotional material for shockwave who he just beat in a race Mm -hmm. um so his life's not going too well no 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 it's almost like he's like low-key depressed in that scene it's like he was just ready for something to make him go off yeah obviously he can't run so he can't really do a whole lot but he was waiting to i don't know bitch somebody out at least he's a douchebag at his core so (laughs) i guess that's in character although the security guard did deserve it in this particular instance but yes he was he was looking for something to get fucked like angry about yes and that security guard he switched so quick he was like he went from yeah, and I'm Homelander too. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mr. A Train. <laughs> right. It won't happen again. Uh, classic. Billy and Huey drive past the motel room with Billy revealing that the boys are gone, taken by some black ops unit, most likely working on behalf of Vought. Huey begs to go back and save the boys, but Billy remarks that Frenchie and MM would want them to finish the job. Huey realizes that all Billy cares about is Homelander agreeing that Grace was right about Billy. With this, Billy leaves Huey behind. And we have another trivia fact here. Okay. A black van with flowers is used by Vought. This is a callback to a line Butcher used in episode two. Now, you're just going to have to trust me on this because I looked for that line so far as, like, Googling and all this other stuff. I I didn't rewatch the episode because I didn't feel like scanning through the entire episode. But I I trust it. So I don't know what the line is, but... It's a callback. Okay. What? It, I just want to know what the line was now. Yeah, me too. And um, <laughs> like I said, I, I wrote my notes and all this um, last week. So I feel I, like you've titillated me and now it, it's not, I'm not going to ever like, this is never going to be resolved. Well, it will be resolved if you watch episode two immediately after this. I don't have time for that. Me neither. I didn't have time to watch episode two again to find the line and nothing on Google. I was like Billy Butcher lines episode two. I look, I even tried to find the entire script for episode two. Cause I was going to, it would be quicker to comb through a script than watch the whole episode. But of course all I found was episode one script. Didn't find hmm. episode two. Interesting that they stopped at one. It is, isn't it? They wrote the first one and they were like, yeah, it's not worth it. It was on Reddit. 
it looked like somebody had scanned like the actual script though. So maybe okay. they only had said script. You should have commented on that post and be like, hey buddy, where's episode two? It was archived. Need, need it for a pod. Need it for a pod. I'm doing research. <laughs> I really need episode two, please. You could have DM the guy. I, could, I should have. I should have. Hindsight. You know what they say about it. I do know. I do. I know. Don't I know it? Mm-hmm. Upset about Vought's decision to leave him behind, the Deep shaves his head and his body, berating himself for being an idiot. It was just a, a self-pity scene for the Deep here, mm-hmm. which, I mean, he we know he keeps his new shaved head look in season two just based off the trailers and stuff that we've mm-hmm. seen, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he deserves it. It seems like he's he's starting to realize that he's a fuck up. I don't know why it took this long. Like, it almost was like whenever whenever he was talking to this guy, Jeff, I like how he just, like, calls him Jeff. Um, and and when I, like, scrolled over the screen, they have, like, the names of the actors on the side, uh-huh. and it just says Jeff. <laughs> In that scene, that's literally the only thing that showed up. Um, but, like, when he was talking to Jeff, and he was like, oh, so when do I ship out? You almost got to think that, like, if he was actually going to be put back in action, he'd still be just the douchebag that he was before. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he's been beaten down enough, and that was maybe the last straw. Right. And so now he's, like, shaving his head, like, oh, you fucking idiot. Like, you suck. Right. Right. I'm totally on board with you. Huey finds Starlight listening to the choir at an otherwise empty church, asking for her help, much to her shock. Starlight believes he wants to lie to her, but Huey admits that he wants to sell Starlight, tell Starlight, not sell her, he's not selling anything. He wants to tell Starlight the truth using the tale of Nakib to convince her. Huey wants Starlight to use her security clearance to find Nakib. Starlight refuses, questioning why she would ever help him. Huey remarks that Vaught is doing evil things and it's Starlight's job as a superhero to stop them. Huey admits that he was spiraling out of control in- until Starlight took him bowling. So... He's finally kind of like trying to rope her in as best. I mean, it's a little late because she doesn't she doesn't trust anything he says now, right? So it's it's kind of funny that you said he's trying to rope her in because earlier you were like he's trying to sell her the truth. No, I mean tell her he's not trying to sell her anything. <laughs> but in a way, he kind of is trying to sell her the truth, right? I mean, he's trying to convince her. He is, and it doesn't look like it works. But as we know from the episode, it it, it works. But yes. Yes. Um, I think we could have probably guessed that one too. Sure. But yeah, it's nice that he's finally being upfront with her. And it it was like she said no. And she did that thing where he's like, all right, fine. And walks away. But then she's like, all right. She kept talking. Yeah. Yeah. And you could even see it in his face. Like he didn't turn around yet, but his face was like, oh, okay. So she does still want to keep talking. Right. Yep. Classic. Fucking classic. Mm -hmm. You love to see it. You do. Until you don't. Damn. Deep, right? Deep. The deep. Deeper. <laughs> a memoir. <laughs> that's that's the first line. You love to see it until you don't. I that's like a that's a hook right there. If I ever seen one, I would read that book. That's a hook right there. All ten pages of it. Mm-hmm. You gotta think his memoir is like twenty pages at tops. I would say it's a, probably a little bit deeper than that. How much deeper? I don't know. I just wanted to say deeper again. Oh, okay. <laughs> So, A-Train is exerting himself, pulling a locomotive like a sled dog. Nathan arrives and tells him that he should be resting, but A-Train says that he is healed. Nathan surmises that A-Train is using Compound V again to heal quicker. 
A-Train denies it, but Nathan refuses to believe him and abandons him. So we see pretty much the last like real person in his life leave him because Popclaw, he already killed her. And then mm-hmm. his brother was like the last tie he had. Like, cause I mean the seven don't count. That's like, right. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't give a shit about him. Exactly. Nobody at Vought does. No, but his brother always had his back. Right. Until, until he told him he until would stop he using didn't. me. And then he didn't. Right. I like, um, I like how a train with, well, I mean, it's not like cool, but, I kind of like how A-Train, when he was walking away, he was like, you slow-ass, jealous bitch. Oh. <laughs> like, he called him slow. <laughs> right, like, that's the biggest insult he could think of. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I guess to him, speed is everything. That's like his, like, that's how he uh, has identified himself, like, with speed, you know what I mean? So. Yep, yep. What's, um, who's that other guy, Overdriver? Shockwave. Over? He, yeah, yeah, that guy. Uh, I don't know anything about Shockwave, but I... Would wager to assume that he doesn't go around telling people he's the fastest man alive. Not yet, that's, because that's like A Train's catchphrase. No, no, no. What's his name? Over Shockwave. Shockwave. <laughs> Overdrive. So <he's> fa- he. <laughs> I mean, Overdrive sounds like more of a speed name. True. I, well, Shockwave from like the sound barrier. Yeah, I guess. Anyways. He's more humble. I, I just gathered that from their race and from that ad that uh, A-Train saw in the, in the clothing store. He just seems like a more humble guy. Well, you know, Vaught does kind of like cater those ads. It doesn't necessarily reflect who he actually is. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. I don't know anything about Shockwave. We don't. Nobody knows anything about Shockwave. I, I just don't that's like That's what I want. I just think a I want more Shockwave. I want Shockwave to surpass A-Train. It's, it's possibly probably going to happen. Where was he in that race? Was, he was probably close behind, wasn't he? But we didn't really see him in the frame. Shockwave? Yeah. We didn't see him in the frame when uh We A-train didn't see him in the, the frame, line. but we saw the numbers weren't that far off. It was like, like 4. I guess when you're traveling in 4.2 some or 0. 0.42, 0. 0.40, some some shit like that. I guess though when you're traveling at like the speed of sound, it's hard to gauge like what's far off or not between these two guys. Right. Maybe he was like way behind in those terms. Yeah, I who can tell? Which I I also thought was funny. Like the race was over like like that. Right. Which I thought maybe they'd do like a couple laps or like something. Maybe so they did. Maybe they did. I don't know. I just thought the race would be a little bit longer. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. No, it's not. Black, <laughs> Black Noir plays the piano at a Vought fundraiser. Mr. Edgar, Vought CEO, arrives at the fundraiser, giving Stillwell a bonus and moving her down to his up. Is up to his floor, not down to his floor, right? Either way. Yeah, I believe it's I believe it's down. He says come down to eighty two. Oh no. Why would she be above him though? That's what I'm saying. So that's like what I was thinking while they were talking. Like, why would she be above him? Yeah. But yeah, he was like, come down. Huh. Well. Maybe that's just like an expression, you know, like come on down to whatever. Yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> he reveals that someone needs to run vault when he moves to Belize, which excites Stillwell. Starlight vomits in the toilets, followed by Maeve, who reveals that her arm never healed correctly when she broke all the bones in her arm, providing evidence that Vought's marketing didn't fabricate that story. Maeve reveals that she was like Starlight once and really did want to make a difference. Um, so we got we got a decent amount here. Um, to begin with, I, I liked Black Noir just sitting next Me to that too. piano player, and then he like gets and then up. ripping the piano himself. Right. Like so much, so much character development for, from this guy in like five seconds. 
Yeah, and he without saying a word. Yeah, he's just a man of surprises. He's For real. A mystery man. For real. He's probably really hot underneath that gear too. Oh, definitely. Gotta be. Gotta be. There's uh, no way. But he's got it all. <laughs> and he's doing great. He is. <laughs> Always. Uh we finally see Mr. Edgar, who is the awesome Giancarlo Esposito, great actor. Um Well, we've seen him in one other episode, right? No, this was the first time we saw him. Dude, am I thinking of another um, commercial for season two where they're talking about like, like how many casualties they'll allow whenever the soups get into the military? If that doesn't ring a bell for you, then it's definitely a commercial for season two that I'm pulling that from. I believe that is a commercial for season two that you're pulling that from. Jeez, man. I can't keep this stuff straight. Which answers my next question, though, is like I want to see, like, which I figured we would get more of him in season two, but like I want him to be a main staple which uh, based on what well, happens he, at the end of this episode you got to think we're gonna right get it's him it's him now he's the guy now yeah which is great because he's a great actor love him yeah of course um but yeah so starlight she's back in her old skimpy starlight suit and she's she's schmoozing a dude yeah and she's drunk as shit mm-hmm. and so she has to get up and go throw up of course and then that's when we get that mave thing so we, we learned that the the PR guys didn't fabricate that story. She actually did stop that bus. And we thought, we already thought that Maeve actually probably was like that back in the day. And she just, like she says in the scene, she's like, I just started giving pieces of myself away. Right. I ended up giving all of it away, but before I was like you. And that's kind of what we thought already. Right. So hopefully this helps Starlight because Maeve didn't have a Maeve, but now Starlight has a Maeve to see, show her like, you know, I was like you and now look at me. He's like, don't, don't give up on that or, or keep going and, and whatnot. Keep doing your thing, baby girl. <laughs> keep doing your thing, baby girl. I'm gonna get that on a bumper sticker. That's the uh, second line of deeper, a memoir. <laughs> it's, um, you love to see, you it. love to see it until you don't keep doing your thing, baby girl. You might as well just write this thing for them and send it in. Maybe they'll like use it as a prop or something. Well, I've already written two sentences more than the deep has. Exactly. He was just looking so, at the title. Yeah. It's a great title. Sure. In his defense. Sure, 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 sure. Homelander confronts Stillwell over his findings from Vogelbaum. Homelander admits that he planned for Nakib to show up just as they needed to sway the Congress into letting them in the military. Homelander admits that he and A-Train used Compound V to supercharge terrorists, much to Stillwell's shock. Homelander says that there are soups that only the Seven can fight all over the globe now. Stillwell takes Homelander to her office, where the two have sexual intercourse. So, um, yeah, a little bit to unpack here. Um, we, or at least the first time I watched Did you it, leave I a thought, line out? Huh? Did you leave a line out? Did I leave a line out? I don't think so. What do you think? Sexual I intercourse. However, Homelander seems to find the activity painful. That's what oh. I'm seeing. Oh, I did. Because I didn't think that was painful. Uh, that didn't read as painful to me. That read, I mean, he is, was like, that read as like, I'm about to bust. I don't want to bust. Yeah. I guess. You, How you did you interpret it, fans? That Leave a comment down below and let us know. Oh man. Did you And did, also I'm I'm thinking so there's a discrepancy here, right? So he he finishes very quickly with Madeline. Like he cannot keep it in. It's like a ten second gig. Um and then later on he's talking about Becca and how 
she like climaxed three times. Yeah. So was, was that a lie? He was also with her for three hours. That's true. He was. Maybe they just like, maybe they took a break after the first one that lasted 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, good to go after that. Mm -hmm. And that's when she came three times. Or maybe he was just trying to rile Billy up. Although three hours is three hours. Well, they don't have to have been having sex for all three of those hours. We just know they were alone for three hours. They were playing Jenga for um, the rest of it. For two hours, 59 minutes and 40 seconds. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that last 10 seconds, she needed to gather her clothes and stuff and, and get out. Right, right. So um, we don't really see it in the, the camera, like footage that they showed when she's walking into the room with him or walking out or whatever. Mm -hmm. But they were actually carrying a box of Django with them. That's what I, I thought Homelander I saw puts something. His, yeah, Homelander puts his hand on like her back and lets her go into the door first. But in his right hand, it's a box of Django. They just don't show you. <laughs> He's like, this is going to be so much fucking fun. Classic. Jenga. Um, but no, we. so at least on my first watch through, I thought Stillwell was in on all of the happenings of the terrorists and all that. Like, I thought Homelander mm -hmm. might have been helping her, but I didn't know that she was completely in the dark, which we find out here that she was. Homelander is doing right. all of this of his own accord. I like that. Yeah, I do too. It was a nice mm -hmm. little switcheroo. Yeah, because, I mean, we've heard him talk... We've heard him say a few times, like, I can do this shit on my own. Like, I don't need the marketing guys. Like, I don't need you to tell me what to do. Like, right. I've got my own plans, my own ideas, and I'm better at this than, like, they are anyways. Mm -hmm. So I guess it makes sense that he had some, some shit going on in the background to right. help them out. Right. And one thing that I don't, I don't want to say it bothered me, but I was a little confused about is... So he says now he, he, he supercharged a bunch of terrorists, right? And he's like, now there are, there are villains all over the world that only superheroes can, can fight. So nobody that Vought has given these powers to has decided, you know, I don't really want to be a hero. I'm going to turn to villainy. Like, I, I don't see that occurring out of like, I know they like specially choose who they're going to give it to. They don't just give it to everybody, right. but... I still feel like there's a chance that at least one other person would have tried to be a villain. It's not like they, if they're just stopping regular crime everywhere, that that's kind of like, you know, after a while they'd be done. Like should, normal criminals should be afraid to do crime because they are superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a good point, especially with somebody like Starlight who kind of grew up outside of like Vought. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, I don't know. Hopefully that baby, uh, that baby that Butcher used as a weapon. Yeah. Hopefully he becomes like this diabolical supervillain. Uh, <laughs> Did I say diabolical wrong? Can you correct me? Fucking diabolical. There we go. There it is. It's 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 really in the back of the throat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was the only thing I was curious about. It was like, all right, now we got supervillains, but it was like we didn't have any before, like in all Maybe the maybe they take them out low key. Maybe they ha there have been supervillains, like like experiments gone wrong essentially yeah. and maybe the seven just takes them out low key maybe that that's, that's because the, that would yeah cuz i guess the the idea up until this point is that soups are soups like they're awesome right um so i guess any any that went bad would be a stain on vot a little bit sure. although obviously nobody knows that they're creating them but but still it's like you don't want to give soups a bad name from a marketing pr perspective at all so maybe they just take them out on the sneak perhaps per Haps. None of them are as strong as Homelander. 
apparently. Yeah, he's like, I wonder, I want, so yeah, we, we'll save, no, we'll save it for now. We'll do it now. I wonder. We'll save it for now. We'll save it for now. Um, he grew up in a lab, right? He didn't have like parents and all that shit. Mm -hmm. So were they doing extra tests to him to make him even stronger? Because like you said, he's the strongest soup. Like nobody's top notch. Like, did they just luck out by the one baby they decided to raise in the lab became the strongest superhero or were they doing extra shit to him? Or maybe that's why he's the one that they wanted to raise in the lab like that. Perhaps. Okay. But how did they find out? Um, I don't know. He came out the womb laser and everything, maybe. But laser, like, wow, this guy's laser too dangerous doesn't to automatically be equal, like, I'm the strongest. Like, he's got lasers. He can fly. He's bulletproof. You know what I mean? He's got, like, a lot of shit. Maybe they test, they shoot maybe they him test as soon as all he came of them. Out of the womb? Maybe they shoot all the babies as soon as they come out of the womb. And the ones that survive are in the seven. <laughs> no, I, I'm sure that a lot of them are not bulletproof. Yeah, right. Exactly. Although a lot of them are, like Maeve. Um, well, Maeve still is like super strength, isn't it? So it would make sense that she's impervious. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, was just, I, I, don't, I don't think we're going to be able to really nail that one down. Probably not. I was just curious. I was just curious. I like to think that they, they saw something in him, like as a baby, and they were like, okay, we got to give this guy the special treatment. And where was his parents? Where were his parents? They where killed, was they? they killed, where was they? Where was this? Where was maybe those parents? He, maybe he killed his, his parents. Ah, okay. As a baby. That's headcanon now. Mm-hmm. Frenchie and Mother's Milk are seen locked in a cage, with Frenchie questioning why M.M. didn't reveal he had a daughter. M.M. admits that he wanted her to be clean, but now he'll probably never see her again. Frenchie worries that the female is in trouble, and M.M. tries to console him. So we finally see these two getting along and, like, being buddy. Like, because, you know, they're always, like, kind of button heads. They don't, like, want to, like, kill each other or anything, but they're kind of at odds most of the time. So we finally see some connection happening, which is nice. Yeah, and another big thing uh, that's maybe notable, M.M. actually refers to the female as Kamiko in the scene. He and does. Frenchie's like, oh, so you do know her name. Yes, yes. I forgot about that. That is that is Because he always one. says, like, your crazy little girlfriend or some shit like that. Right. Stillwell reveals to Homelander that Edgar offered her his job in the future. But Homelander worries whether Madeline will still be there for him on the day-to-day. They both promise to not keep any more secrets from one another. Stillwell apologizes for not telling Homelander about his child as she wanted to spare him the pain. And this is where he she fucks up, right? Yeah, there's a there's a look from Homelander at the end of that scene where he's like, oh, okay, so this bitch actually sucks. Right, because what does she say? Um, a miscarriage? She, yeah, miscarriage. So, like, the story from her is that the baby died, obviously. And right. she wanted to save him from the pain. He's got so much that he carries with him. Right. And she just wanted to like keep that from him to to protect him. But Vogelbaum but he said knows... that he died in childbirth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. That's when he realizes that the baby's still alive, probably as well. Yeah, I, I feel like that's not like a huge discrepancy in the stories, though. Because later on, he's like, "Y'all should have had your stories straight. They well, were so close." Well, but, like that's a not a huge discrepancy. Is different from dying after you're born. Sure, sure. Or during your birth. Sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. That is true. So, I mean, the stories were different. And if they, they should have said the same thing. Like, because like, if a miscarriage happens, people are going to say, you know, a miscarriage. Whereas they'll differentiate between if the baby actually 
died yeah, after like it, they were born. With a miscarriage, it wouldn't have even got to the birth part. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you buy it? I guess. I, I'm going to rent that one. Rent, rent it? it? Okay. <laughs> yep. Huey goes back to the motel and is immediately subdued by the commandos. They throw Huey into the cage with Frenchie and M.M., who question him for Butcher's whereabouts. Huey relays that Butcher has gone after Homelander while he has come to rescue them. Frenchie is grateful but astounded by the utter futility of the idea. Huey then reveals that there is a wire lodged in his orthodontic retainer that Frenchie can use to pick the lock. They are able to uh, to escape and overpower the guards. Uh, so we got that funny little scene where they can't really get the retainer out, so MM mm-hmm. just punches the shit out of Huey, which I've I've been wanting to do that for eight episodes now. So to Huey, yeah. Yeah, he had a nice slap or a punch coming his way. Um, I really like whenever whenever uh, Huey was like, yeah, like, it's no big deal. I'm just here to save you guys. And Frenchie does the the double French kiss to him, <laughs> right. the double cheek kiss. Yeah. And, he, and he's like, for somebody to throw your life away, like, like you're doing, you're just wasting your life for us. Like, that's incredible, <laughs> but stupid. Right. No, that's great. Frenchie's, Frenchie's awesome. Yeah. Um... Stillwell arrives at home looking for her son and the nanny, but finds Billy waiting for her in the dark. Madeline asks what Butcher wants, with him questioning Homelander's weakness. She denies any, but Billy tells her that that Stillwell is Homelander's weakness, which surprises her. Why? Why do? Why? Why does that surprise her? She's got to know that, like how by how uh, possessive of her he is, that mm. she's a weak spot, right? She, but she also probably knows him better than anyone and probably knows that at the end of the day, he's still kind of like heartless, like whether it's her or whatever, she is also being pretty cagey with like the lies she's telling him. She probably knows that maybe he's catching on to that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like she probably, I don't know. I, I think she probably just doesn't really, doesn't really believe him all the way, even though like if, if there was anybody, it would be her. Right. But only to an extent, probably in her mind. Okay. I don't know. Like she's been manipulating him throughout this, this season. Right. Um, so obviously she knew, you know, that he, what he did kind of have a weakness toward her, but I think she's, she's kind of like jaded on that idea at this point in the season, maybe just a little bit. Okay. Okay. Frenchie and the boys look for the, uh, Frenchie and the boys look for the female, finding her strapped to a hospital bed when the guards arrive and shoot at them. Frenchie is shot in the shoulder, passing Huey the gun while M.M. saves Kamiko. M.M. is able to save the female, however, she is severely weakened. Huey runs out of bullets, and the boys are trapped behind a barricade as they prepare to be taken. A blinding light takes out the assailants. As Starlight escorts them away, they are confronted by A-Train. Huey sends M.M., Frenchie, and the female on while he and Starlight confront A-Train. Starlight attempts to use her abilities on A-Train, however, he is able to barely... He is able barely to outrun them. Sorry, that was a tough sentence. A-Train admits that he is the one who killed Popclaw, but it was Huey's fault. A-Train suffers a heart attack, presumably due to his juicing on Compound V. Huey tries to resuscitate A-Train, but Starlight takes over, saying that Homelander will never stop coming after him. She tells Huey to run as Vought is on the way. So, yeah. So, they're trying to rescue Kimiko. And then yeah. they get Huey kills down. a couple. What's up? Yeah, Huey kills a couple guys in this scene. He does while saying while yelling sorry. <laughs> you know what that reminded me of? Uh, you remember Wanted with McAvoy and and Angelina yeah. Jolie, and he's always just like, yep. "I'm sorry." 
Yeah, in the first half of the movie. Yes, yes, in the first half. Yes. Like, they're, yeah. like, flipping over that one car, and you just see him saying, I'm sorry. He, like, in slow motion, right? He's yes. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yep. Um. All right, so, um, yeah, they get pinned down. We, I mean, we have a dope-ass fight scene between two soups here, two members of the seven. I mean, it's not really a fight scene, but... Yeah, it's more like it's a just dodging a tr- scene. It's it's two superheroes using their powers against each other, which it probably only took like four seconds the entire fight, <laughs> but they drew it out to like thirty four seconds in the scene, right? In slow motion. A train's pretty powerful. He's he's a fast motherfucker. He also can pull a train. Yeah, I don't know how. Well, we also uh, well. We've seen super strength from him before. Yes, yeah. I was about to say, never mind, in the in that subway scene and all that. Yep. Um, but yeah, so he finally admits that he's the one who killed. But even even when he admits it, he still shifts the blame to Huey. He still says, you killed her. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we're halfway there, I guess. We're almost there. Mm, I mean, that guy's not... I don't, I don't know that that guy's going to come fully around. Probably, probably not. It would take a miracle. I don't know that I even really want him to. <laughs> no redemption arc for A Train? No, I don't I don't think so, no. And I don't think Huey I mean, okay, Huey had the choice to let him die and he didn't. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't really think that Huey should forgive that dude. If you were in Huey's shoes, would you have let him die? Yeah, I mean I'm already a fugitive. <laughs> like what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm gonna let that dude just fade out. <laughs> took my girl I like, it. I like it um in my notes here i have no kiss goodbye no i love you nothing like after he leaves uh starlight there it's just like all right bye it's like we just had this whole before this we had that thing in the church and then after this we, like you you came so you obviously are like trusting me a little bit or something we know that we we're like a thing and he didn't he didn't he didn't go for the kiss for the girl yeah i don't know that timing would have been right i mean the like she just had to put down another member of her own team. Like there are going to be she ramifications. She didn't put him down. His own heart put him down. Okay, fine. She just had to fight another member. She tried to put him down. Um, I think it's. I think Huey. If Huey would have tried for that, I would be like, oh no, bro. And like it's like now's not the time. If, Maybe a little comment or something on his way out, hmm. but not like a full on like kiss where it goes into slow motion and it, the camera like spins around them. Slowly I didn't say go like that far, golly. <laughs> But still, yeah, even a little comment, but he didn't say anything. He was just like, all right, bye. I mean, you had to get the fuck out of there. I guess. If action movies have taught me anything, though, there's always time for one last comment, one little quip, something. Yeah. I mean, shit. In the uh, in the DC movie, Superman kisses Lois Lane like right in the middle of like a world-ending battle, like multiple times in all the movies that they're in together. Exactly. So there's, so, always, there's always... he's He fucking rewound time. He... Forced the earth to go in reverse at one point. So he made the time. You can make the time. Yeah, I, I guess so. You can make the time. <laughs> Butcher has an array of C4 explosives strapped to Stillwell when Homelander arrives. Homelander brings Teddy, however, believing that Butcher would not put the child in danger. Homelander pushes Butcher, boasting about the sex he, and he had with Becca. Homelander questioned questions Billy's endgame to which he reveals he just wants to hurt Homelander. Questioning if Butcher has any proof that Homelander killed his wife, Billy goes quiet, with Homelander questioning Stillwell about Becca and his baby. 
Homelander reveals that he went back to Vogelbaum getting the real truth out of him. Stillwell admits that she is scared of Homelander, to which he appreciates kissing her one last time before shooting his laser through her eyes and head. Butcher decides to release the trigger, detonating the explosives. Great scene here. But look, see, he he learned just, boom, one yep. fucking yep. blast. Straight mm-hmm. blast. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't, like, they were face-to-face when he turned the beams on. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised he didn't just, like, look to the side, turn them on, and then slice through like he always does. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um pretty satisfying though i mean it's it's a really gross looking scene but it's pretty satisfying no yeah i enjoyed it Um, also another thing that's satisfying for homelander that baby blew up he fucking hated that baby yeah (laughs) teddy (laughs) little teddy yeah no more because unless he's a soup like we thought he was i doubt it not we not we i said he was (laughs) i i doubt he was no he's not um but yeah, because I mean, Homelander obviously saved Billy, but you got to think he just left that baby there. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. He probably brought that baby down just so it could get hit like instantly by the blast. Sure. Because we know he was on the roof looking in, right? Yeah, yeah. And if, well, he was on, he was upstairs because he was getting the baby and bringing it down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I like to think if, um, if Butcher didn't detonate the C4, then Homelander would have still taken him out of that house. And he would have probably just like flicked the baby in the head on the way out. Just like one, one nice flick, like just explode his head. Ah, you love it. Babe, exploding baby heads. Mm-hmm. Characters exploding. Yeah. You got to say it with the exclamation point. Characters exploding. Better. Conflicts. Conflicting. Conflicted. Conflict-ing, I believe. Do you? Conflicted. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Butcher awakes on a lawn to see Homelander standing over him. Butcher is shocked to see Becca alive with a child. Homelander questions if the child knows who he is. However, he reveals that he doesn't. Homelander reveals to the kid that he is his father. And then we see like both of their eyes glowing, right? Or at Mm -hmm. least the kid's eyes glow. I don't know if Homelander glows his in return. Well, we we don't see Homelander's eyes in that scene. But I like to think Homelander like flashed his eyes and the kid was like, oh, dope. And he did it back. They're like talking in Morse code. You're not my dad. Um, so this kid, with him flashing his eye lasers, mm-hmm. so he knows he's a soup at this point, and he's been like using that. Is that a question? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and he does yeah. it like instantly. He's like, oh, you're my dad. And then being like eye lasers. Yeah. you Because he knows he's Homelander. He's like, oh, you're Homelander, right? So you got to think right. like he's been watching. He's like, oh, I can do the same thing Homelander does. Like, mommy, look. So he's definitely I also been look like a. I also look like a very small version of him with the same exact hair and a similar face. And I have the same powers as him. That's so cool. I'm his number one fan. And that's the extent of it. <laughs> yeah. So, um. Yeah, you you gotta think he's been he's been like practicing or something, and they're in witness protection or whatever. So Vought's probably been keeping an eye on him, maybe training him up in case Homelander um, needs to Goes bite the rogue. bullet or something. Oh wow, okay. I don't know. I'm I'm just spitballing stuff here. We're a spitball podcast now. We are. We are. I, We're changing our name to the Spitballers. I'm sure that's taken. Maybe I don't know. I'll look into it. That'll be our secondary podcast about spitballs. Cool, 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 cool. That was a. It's where we joke. just bull. It's where we just bullshit. Yeah. Okay. Literally, there's no substance to it whatsoever. You just, People who listen to it just get dumber. <laughs> I'm all for it. Uh, we got a little trivia fact here. 
The reveal that Becca carried Homelander's child to term and that both survived is a change from the graphic novels on which the series is based. Stillwell's lie to Homelander is closest to how the original story plays out. Becca slash Becky is killed during pregnancy by the unborn child's powers, though in the books, Butcher is present to witness it and then kills the premature baby. That Homelander's superpowered child is apparently alive and well several years later is new ground even for fans of the books. See, and we talked about it last week. You know, the, the books are more straightforward, like events just happen and they move forward. Whereas the show, we decided last week, they wanted it to be more intriguing. So they added like these these mystery elements to it. And this is like a big one. Honestly. Yeah. That's been, it's been a thread throughout the entire season. Yeah. And you got to think like we, we didn't read the comics before we watched the show, <clears throat> but we're about to, we are. Thank you, Scott slash Cody. Um, but you got to think people who did read them and then they're like, Oh, Becca's dead. Yada, yada, yada. And then they see this reveal. They, they were probably going crazy. Right. Yeah. But also they teased it throughout the entire season. It's like, if she was dead, they probably wouldn't have talked about it in the way that they did through the the whole entire season. I don't know. Perhaps, just, but but if you re- if you read the comic and you think most of this is going, you're probably like, oh, this is just like a red herring or, or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's fair. possible. Anything's fair. possible, pig. Fair. I mean, it's still Butcher's uh, motivation, regardless of if she was alive or dead. Right. But um, that's that's how the uh, season ends. And if you're listening to are. this on Friday, you got three more episodes to watch. Which is exciting. Yeah, I'm excited to, to figure out some stuff about this Stormfront character, this new member. Same. I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you, where do you think uh, season two is going? What's, what's, what's going on there? So it seems like Stormfront is going to be like an ally of Homelanders, mm-hmm. um, at least at the beginning. And she's got like this big social media following. She's already like famous in her own right. And then she joins the seven. Looks like she's on Homelander's side and she's super powerful. Yep. So as if he needed somebody like that. Right. Um, so I don't know, but I do see her as somebody who probably turns good. You think? I don't think she, she doesn't seem all bad. Obviously I don't know shit about season two yet, (laughs) but I'm going to go ahead and call it. She's somebody who's going to be a big ally to the boys at one point. Mm. See, I was thinking the opposite. I was thinking like she out douchebags Homelander and then he ends up not helping the boys, but like, inadvertently helping them because he wants to take her down. He helps them mm. um, by proxy. He doesn't do it on purpose. He's just trying to get his his rank back. I don't want Homelander to be on the good guy's side even indirectly. Mm. Mm. I, don't, I don't want that. Mm. That's less interesting to me. Mm. 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 I like him where he is. You know, I was looking up uh, Stormfront from the comic just to see what the uh, if they made any changes. Stormfront in the comics is actually a man. Okay. And he's a uh, racist, I think is what I read. He does some kind of neo-Nazi shit or something like that. I don't remember. Okay. So I don't know if they're going to tie that in there. Seems like the character is pretty different on the show. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. So we're going to get we're going to get some more action from Nakeeb. Um uh, that that terrorist soup. Yeah. We're going to see a scene where they're him and his uh boy are trying to come up with a nickname for him. The scene that you um, thought was in... Which I thought was part of season one, but no, it was just from a commercial from season two. Uh-huh. Uh, seems like the deep is going to be hilarious yeah. in his new, like, he's going to have this new, like, kind of look, like, lease on life, basically. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be, he's going to be a different kind of bitch. Mm. Okay. I think he's going to be really funny from what we've seen. 
Sure. I think they're, yeah, they're just going to lean into this pitiful bitch mode deep. Well, it seems like, seems like now he's going to like reconcile, reconcile himself with like everything he's done. And now he just wants to like make up for it. Mm -hmm. So he's like this respectful, like, like speak your truth. He tells people to speak their truth even when they're talking shit to him and things like that. I think it's going to be really funny. No, I agree. It, what do you, what do we, what do we foresee for Starlight? She just had a fight with A-Train. Mm-hmm. Um, is that going to affect her, her spot in the seven? Do you think? So we've seen in one of the commercials, we've seen her just rolling up with the seven to a scene and like, it's so it's the scene where, um, they drive a boat through that whale. Have mm-hmm. you seen that? I have. Yeah. So the boys take a boat, they drive it into a beached whale that I guess the deep was trying to save while it was on the beach. Mm-hmm. And then the boys show up or no, sorry. The seven show up right after that starlight's with them and um and i think i can't remember what the deep says to her he says something to her maybe it's like i just want to apologize for like everything i put you through or something like that and she's like shut the fuck up dude (laughs) she says something like that to him so it seems like she's just like comfortable and she's still with the seven Mm. but i don't know i don't really know how they get back to that point i was gonna say is and a trains with them in that scene i can't remember i don't i don't remember i remember seeing stormfront i believe homelander starlight um Maybe Maeve. Hmm. Okay. I think we're just going to have to tune in. We are just going to. Well, luckily we only have to wait one day for us. But if you're listening to this right now, you could probably, you could probably watch it right now. Well, you could definitely watch yeah, it right now. Cause this isn't, they'll probably be whoever listens to this is probably gonna be like, what are these guys talking about? Like they're just speculating right now. It's totally different on the actual show. Yeah. They're, they're going to, we're going to, we're going to listen to this in the future and be like, we were such idiots mm-hmm. at any rate. It's been nice doing this rewatch it has been it's it's come to an end it has as we go At- on we remember i don't remember the rest of the lyrics i feel like i should be throwing a square hat up into the air right now <laughs> we've graduated from the that's like the course. that's like the go-to graduation song <laughs> it really is i don't know why i mean i guess i know why but it's it's old now but people still use it yeah. Anyway, well, I'm gonna wrap this bad boy up. Thank you to Cody Scott for the free books for Clay and myself. Thank you to everybody else who is also listening. You don't have to give us stuff, but we will enjoy it and we'll give you a shout out on the show. Uh, make sure you tell your friends about us. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at masters.cultureverse. Um just get the word out there, spread them. And we also, I've never plugged this, but we've got an email. You can email us, masters.cultureverse at gmail. Email us uh, some some stuff you might want to listen to us talk about or some stuff you don't want to hear us talk about or tell us we suck or tell us we're awesome. We'll, we'll listen. Well, I mean, I'll read it all. I, maybe I'll forward the funny ones to Clay, but we'll, we'll, we'll take a peek. So our preferred form of communication is a fax. Just keep that in mind. Can you give them the fax number? Y- yes, it is... Um, Eight three zero two nine one one two three five. Ooh, you got me. Thought I was gonna say four. I did. <laughs> I wonder if that's an actual fax machine that works. That's the fax at your work, isn't it? I don't know the fax number to my work. You guys still use fax machines? I don't know if we have a fax machine gonna, in my work. I was gonna my say. work is my house these days. We don't have one here. <laughs> okay, but at any rate. We thank you for joining us, and we will see you on Monday with a new episode of Masters of the Cultureverse. Bye.